0: For the last week or so, been dealing with uh, the last part of Hebrews 11 and 1, and which lets us know that faith can be defined as the evidence of things not seen. The evidence of things not seen. And we talked last week about evidence based upon the scripture is not circumstantial. No, it's, it's legitimate evidence which equates conclusive truth. I said it is bona fide or legitimate evidence which connotes conclusive truth. And when we understand this, We have to come away from faith being the evidence of things not seen uh, with the mindset that what is unseen is just as real or more real than what we see. I said we have to come away after reading Hebrews 11 and one especially the latter part, with the mindset that the unseen is greater than the seen. And I love to refer to what Paul said to the church in 2 Corinthians 4 and 18, uh, in part when he said, for the things that we see are temporary, but the things we do not see are eternal, perpetual. They are going to continue. They are going to last because they are tied into that which pertains to God. But if you'll notice when we... Get to Hebrews 11 and 3, the writer continues talking about faith, talking about the unseen, but then he says about the church or saints, basically that we should have an understanding of faith. Yeah, we should understand faith. We don't look at faith as the world looks at it. We don't look at faith as people that are part of the church but have not been taught, biblically speaking, on faith. We don't look at it the same way they, they look at it. Because you have folk in the world and in church that simply believe that faith is just hoping for something even though you don't see it but there is no basis for that no the reason we hope in the unseen is because of what the word says our basis is god's word and it has to be our basis because the word is the most sure thing there Remember what Jesus said in Matthew 24 and 35. Heaven and earth shall pass, but not the word. Heaven and earth shall but not the word. This is the most, most sure foundation there is. So whatever we believe or whatever we are looking for to manifest, Our basis should be God's word. You're looking for a healing? It should be based upon God's word. You're looking for Luke 6 and 38 to come to pass in your life? Again, your basis should be the word. It has to be the word. But again, according to Hebrews 11 and 3, as Christians, we should have an understanding of faith and literally when it comes to understanding it says about you that you are aware of something or somebody and as human beings we can be aware of something but depending on who we are, we are only aware of it to a certain degree. Your awareness of something is based upon your study or your experience and mine as well. And so when, when it comes to understanding, we can be on different levels. And there's nothing wrong with, with having understanding uh, as long as, long as what well, is distinct, I should say, as long as we are on the same page. Even though you may be on 10 and, and I'm on 7, as long as we are on the same page, that's okay. I don't have a problem with you knowing more than I know. Or understanding something in, in a more clearer way than I do, as long as I understand and we are on the same page. Yeah, there are higher heights and deeper depths, even literally, but especially when it comes to the things that pertain to God. But understanding from a biblical standpoint is not only being aware of something, but it's when you grasp the meaning of what you are aware of and you hold on to it because it's truth. Now, I'm talking from a biblical standpoint. Because John 17 and 17 says, for the word is truth. So when I get the word, I'm I'm not only aware of what is being said, but I'm grasping the meaning. I'm, I'm grasping what this particular thing that's being said means to me on a personal level. Or another way to put it, he's he's giving me the meaning of it as it pertains to me. And so I'm taking it as my rhema. I'm taking it as God giving me something that I need. I'm taking it as God using the preacher to speak to me because of what I prayed about on Tuesday. I prayed that he would tell me what to do. And here it is, Sunday morning, the pastor is releasing what I talked to God about. And so I'm 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 grasping it and I understand that this is the truth I need in order for me to be made free. I'm understanding that this is what I need in order for my life to be better. And so you have to consider understanding from a biblical standpoint is is more than just being aware of something and, and able to explain it. No, it's personal to you. Understanding is so personal from A biblical standpoint to where God himself wanted to make sure that his people receive understanding week in and week out. And we know that because of scripture like Jeremiah 3 and 15 when when Jeremiah prophesied on God's behalf saying and I'll give you shepherd of pastors according to my heart that will feed you give you something that you need because food is something that we need whether we're talking literal or spiritual i'm going to give you shepherds according to my heart that will feed you and one of the things is with understanding look at somebody real quick and say i need understanding I need God to give me something that I can grasp and take it personal so I can apply it as truth. Because the truth will make you free. I said the truth will make you free. And so I need understanding. I I need understanding because when it comes to understanding, it is in one sense the antithesis of confusion. If I understand, I won't have to worry about allowing something I see to perplex me. Why? Because the word has already told me the truth. But if I don't have understanding, if I don't have truth, I will allow what I hear on the job to confuse me. And I don't need to be in confusion because Paul revealed to the Corinthian church that God God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Well, in the churches, he's going to make sure you are clear about what you should think, say, and do. You are clear about what you should do or the next step you should take. And so he's going to give you understanding. Now this is the thing. If God is going to make sure that the pastor releases understanding, I have to be in the place to where I'm hungry enough to receive it. Because there is understanding that often goes forth in the church that you have people that, yes, they showed up, but they will not receive the understanding of the truth that is coming forth say to your neighbor it's not enough just to come to church you gotta come to church hungry Jesus said if you hunger and thirst after righteousness you shall be filled I just can't come to church just to show everybody that I'm loyal to coming to the house you got to be more than just loyal to coming to the house you got to be on fire about hearing what does saith So, you can get the understanding that you need to take back to your house, back to your workplace, back to your neighborhood, back to society, so you can show forth that you're thinking, talking, and doing the right things. Oh, say to your neighbor, understanding is important, but it's more than just being aware of something, it's personal to me. I've got to have God give me some understanding so I won't operate in confusion because believe it or not you can be in the midst of folk and you can be the only one that has a clear understanding about what's taking place they can be weeping they can be crying they can be complaining and so forth but you're rejoicing you're happy why because God has given you the understanding of what's taking place Place. I don't understand why is she not upset because her mother just died. Why well, don't understand why is she at church? She should be somewhere weeping, but she has an understanding that to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. She understands that best are they who die in the Lord. Hence said the Spirit that they may rest from their labor. say to your neighbor understanding is important you got to understand some stuff you got to understand why you go through trials see for years I would complain about going through trials because I didn't have a good understanding I would get upset and even question the omnipotence and the omniscience of God about trials because I felt it was wrong for me to go through something horrendous it was wrong for me to experience something so fiery but when God dropped into my spirit understanding about trials understanding about how it can make you It can move you It can cause your mind to get stronger It can cause your spirit To get stronger It can cause your will to get stronger And in the end It can make you better than you've ever been Say to your neighbor If I didn't understand I'd be messed up Right now God then gave me some understanding and so I don't allow what I go through to cause me to be confused. But as children of God, you gotta have understanding when it comes to faith or oh, the evidence of the unseen. Got to have some faith. You got to have understanding about what God gives you. God giving you a word of prosperity, and you going through hard times. You have to have in your being an understanding this is just part of the process. This right here ain't going to last. God, sent a seed. And that seed is growing. But I got to go through this season where it looks like it ain't going to happen. But if he said it, he'll bring it to pass. You got to have in your being understanding so you can talk about God in the proper way. See, because when some folk get to going through trials, they talk about God in a negative way. They talk about God in a way that that says that God does not have integrity. He has no character. No, God has more character than anybody we know. God has more integrity than anybody we know. We have to understand that God does things in process. Yeah, I'm going to bless you, Jackson, but I got to take you through some stuff. It's going to look like you're not going to get the good measure, the press down, the shaking together, and the running over, but you just keep walking down the path that I have told you to walk, and sooner or later, you're going to experience in stages the good measure, the press down, the shaking shaken together and the running over But you gotta have an understanding If you don't have an understanding You'll mess around and get off the path That God put you on to deliver you If you don't have an understanding You'll be crying When you ought to be leaping for joy If you don't have an understanding You'll be mad at the world Especially God But if you have understanding You'll give God praise Even though you just lost everything you had You'll give God praise even though everything that can go wrong is taking place in your life. Why? Because in your mind, you know if God allowed it to be taken, that He can turn around and restore what the kinker and the caterpillar and other enemies may have devoured. Shout at somebody can nobody, nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like jesus shout it one more person can't nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like But you got to have an understanding. You got to know that in the midst of trouble, in the midst of sorrow, that God is going to be right there with you. When you go through something that you don't even understand, you can't even explain out of your mouth, keep giving God the praise. Because it will come clear. It will come. But notice what he says. He says that when it comes to faith, we understand that the worlds, notice the worlds were framed or made by the word of God. The world, the cosmos, which is basically a reference to everything tangible. (laughs) Whether we're talking about a speaker or a person. Whether we're talking about a speaker, a door, a car, or a person. Everything was framed by... The word of God. Now a a person. A people on a production line. May have put the car together. But all the elements. That cause the car. To come into being. Came from. God in the beginning. In the beginning God created the heavens, and the earth. David so understood it to where well, he shortened it to the point to where it could be put in simple terms. The earth is the Lord's and is fullness. He wanted everybody to understand that God was the one that, that created the worlds, the people things, the great light of the sun, the lesser light are the moon. He created everything. Everything. It was framed by the word of God. Everything. Even when you hear people boast about being the inventor of something, Even when, even when they try to convince you in school about evolution. They'll give you a seed and they say, look, you see the seed. Now watch how, watch how a plant evolves from the seed. But, but children that have really been taught will say, well, can you tell me where the seed came from? I see the evolution taking place, but can you tell me where the seed came from? the seed was created God is not against evolution, evolution happens after that which God creates he created Adam from the dust of the earth thereafter evolution came through a seed or sperm and an egg he's not against evolution but the seed the only explanation of the seed is that God gave it but we have to have that understanding we can't walk away talking about well maybe evolution is right I don't see God yeah you don't see him but you see everything that he made including yourself that's the reason God allows us to go through trials so when you finally come out of your trial you can't give nobody the credit but him you can't give nobody the praise but him some of us, I went through trials where mama couldn't help us, daddy couldn't help us, friend couldn't help us, pastor couldn't help us. But then God stepped in and he turned that thing completely around. And when you came out of the trial, you came out with tears flowing down your face. Your hands lifted high, your knees going up and down. You had to give God praise because you know that's the only way it happened. The only way you got off drugs is that God (laughs) caused it to happen. The only way you stop whoring is because God gave you the strength to do it. Look at you quiet now. (laughs) Look at somebody say the only way I came out of a particular thing (laughs) God put his hand on it. Oh, Look at somebody that said, the only way I came out of a predicament is because God put his hand on it. A lot of folks try to talk about God as creator in past tense. God is still creating. God is still making things. God is still causing things to come into existence get this, you are a living testimony. That's the reason Paul said to former drunkards, former former folks who were wrapped up, tied up, and tangled up in sin, if anyone is in Christ, he or she is a new creation. Then Paul said, look. Look at yourself. Look how old things have passed away. Quit trying to be important and let folk know you used to be a mess. Quit tuning your nose down at folk that are still in sin and let folk know I used to be worse than you. I, I used to be on that stuff, but I was worse than you. I, I would do anything for a fix. How many know it wasn't nobody but Jesus that changed you for the better Oh, that's Dr. Walker, yeah, but that's that former drunk. That's that former, that's that former boy that used to tell lies all the time. Yeah, I know who Walker used to be. That's that, that's that fellow who used to crawl through windows trying to steal. Say to your neighbor, can't nobody do you like Jesus. Can't nobody make you new like Jesus. Can't nobody turn a life completely around like. I got to move on but tell somebody. Can't nobody, nobody but nobody but nobody but nobody do you like. And see that's the reason you got an understanding. You know, God is real. You ain't got to go to no Bible to tell folk that God is real. You can look at me and let me tell you about my history. Let me tell you where I came from. I got to deal with something for a minute, then I'm going on. But you have folk. that think that man is in charge. You can say what you want about God, but I know, I know that Columbus, I know that Socrates, I know that. Oh, that's what they told you. They told you a whole lot of stuff that is true in their own eyes. But for the real truth, you got to go to the word. And you got to get revelation about the word. I'm going to show you what Solomon revealed. Solomon was not only considered the richest man that ever lived, but the wisest. Where he get his wisdom. God, God told me, I'm, I'm going to give you wisdom because you didn't ask for this, that and the other. plus I'm going to give you riches. And folk would take donkeys, chariots, ships, and come from other countries just to hear his wisdom. Now, folk might go on the internet there. Some folks who are supposed to be wise. But I want you to notice what Solomon said in reference to the power of God that was real back then and is real now. Let me show you something. Y'all hold on up. Y'all hold on now. Did I tell y'all where we were going? Oh, let's go to Proverbs 21. Because we really have to understand that God is in charge. And notice what Solomon says in Proverbs 21 and 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. Like the rivers of water. God turns it wherever he wishes. You can put your supervisor, that person who getting on your last nerve, or someone else in this passage and understand that God is in control. All souls, the scripture says, belong to God. Notice his power though. And the soul that sins shall die and go to hell. Wages of sin is death. Death is eternal. And eternal death equates Let's go to another passage. Let's go to Psalm 50. Psalm 50. Lord have mercy. Y'all all right? Psalm 50, and we're going to start at verse 7. Ready? Hear all my people. Who are you talking to? His people. And I will speak, O Israel, and I will testify against you. I am God, your God. I will not rebuke you for your sacrifices or your burnt offerings, which are continually before me. You're doing right by that. I will not take a bull from your house, nor goats out of your foes. And notice this, for every beast of the forest is mine. And the cattle on a thousand hills. And notice this, I know all the birds of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. Y'all better hold on for verse 12. If I were hungry, I would not tell you. Why, Lord? For the world is mine. And all is fullness. Everything. Everything. All of it. All of it is he is the one that, Frank, let me show you something else. Go with me to uh, Hebrews. Back to Hebrews. We're going to go to chapter one. We're going to read the first two verses, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets, has in these last days spoken to us by his son, whom he has appointed heir, Of how many things? Through whom also he made, help me. He made what? Because when you consider John 1, 1 through 3, and John 1 and 14, Jesus of the Son is the Word. In the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. John 1 and 14, and the word became flesh, and we beheld his His glory. And we are yet beholding him, but it's through the unseen, or through his His written and revealed. As well as his manifestation. Who you tell folks he or you? Jesus. He is still doing things. But that has to be your understanding. That's what I'm I'm still dealing with. With that first clause in Hebrews 11 and 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by Jesus or. The word of God. Somebody asked me, how in the world did the word clean you up? Because, according to John 17 and 17, that was the prayer of Jesus. Sanctify them by the truth. Then he turned around and closed out the verse by saying, your word is truth. We being clean right now. If you had confusion, you ought to have understanding right now. Why? The word been cleaning the whole time. If you've been confused, God, God should have been washed all of that confusion out of your mind through the word today. And you should know he's sanctifying me. He's cleaning me up through his word. And when that truth get in you, it'll make you free. It'll deliver, protect, and cause you to prosper. I want to show you one conclusion of having understanding. I'm still with the first clause. Y'all staying with me? Yeah. Go with me to uh, Proverbs 3. Consider Proverbs 3 and 13. Happy is a man who finds wisdom. But notice this. And happy is the man who gains what? When you really have understanding, you're happy. I said, when you really have understanding, you're happy. You can be happy despite where you are in life, when you have understanding. See, even though, you're, even though you can be going through it in your body right now, if you have the understanding about your conclusion based upon Scripture, you can be happy. Now, you ain't going to like the pain, but you can be happy. You know what? This going to end well for me. Either he going to heal me or he going to take me. This going to end well for me. You're happy. E- either way, you're happy. You're just like Paul. Paul. Paul blew the church's mind when, when he said, he, he said, uh, I, I would rather for God to take me. He said, but if, if he doesn't, it's going to be good for y'all. He said, it's going to be good for y'all if, if he doesn't. Because he would be able to continue to give them revelation. Give them exactly what God gave him. But the bottom line, when you understand the implication of, of the statement that he made to them, or the truth that he, he gave them, is that it does not matter what. He was okay. He was happy. Now... In one particular scripture, that being Philippians 4, 8 and following, content and happy are synonymous. Because Paul said when he was in jail to the Philippian church, he's, he's out unlearned that whatever state I'm in, there will to be content or happy. He said, said basically, when I don't have, I'm happy. When I have more than enough, I'm happy. But But the reason he could be that way is because of the word. Because of his faith in God's word. That's the reason he pinned things like Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for the good to those who love God, to those who are the call, get this, according to his purpose. And God will, will call you to suffer. But it's going to work out for your good. Call you to go through things you never imagined. Religious folk just want to be called to preach. But nowhere in the scripture do you see a calling to preach. But you do see in the scripture. Where God called Paul to suffer. Call him to suffer. And see, often those who are called fight it. And you can be called and not even be saved. It's reading the Bible says the gifts and the callings are what? Without repentance. God chooses folks to Preach. I have chosen you, Jeremiah. I chose you when you were in your mother's womb. And there's a difference between being chosen and called. Because Jesus himself said, Many are called, but few are chosen. You know, God called me to be a prophet. I didn't know he called prophets. I know he chooses. He told Elisha, I want you to go and get Elisha. Why? I done chose him to take over in your steed. Many are called, Few chosen. You have to have an understanding of faith And all that pertains to God's word. In my clothes, we're going to deal with the the final thing in Hebrews 11 and 3. Let's go back. I done been on that first clause so long to where you're looking at. me. But let's go back to Hebrews 11 and 3. By faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that things which are seen. We're not made of things which are visible. You have to get to the point to where you see God in everything. I said you have to get to the point to where you see God in everything. Because when it comes to the unseen, the most important thing we need to understand is what Jesus said. We love God even though we have not seen him. We felt him this morning, but we didn't see him. We feel him right now. But guess what? We don't see him. But you see his manifestation. Just because you don't see him does not mean you're not going to see his works, his manifestations. But you can never get caught up in the scene because if you get caught up in the scene, you won't see God. You have to know that the unseen is what created the scene. No matter how wonderful you are or think you are, you are the puppet and God is the master. What did he tell Jeremiah? Go check out the potter's house. And look at how he's going to put the vessel on the wheel. But then when something ain't going right, he'll discard it and start over. Isn't it amazing you can't see him, but you know he is forming you into the person that he has ordained for you to be. And see, and see, sometimes we give folk too much credit when, because we don't see God in it. God allowed Jesus to go through suffering. But the king thought he had the power to free him or to do what, what he desired to do. And Jesus had to straighten him. He said, hey, you you wouldn't have no power at all unless my father had had given it to you. See, you got to understand something. Sometimes God will allow you to go through a certain sickness, things in your mind, things in in your body, but it's always false. But see, sometimes we accept what folks say, because we, we look at the tangible before we look at the unseen. You have, you have to look at the unseen really to understand the same. When you get to go on through stuff, stuff in your body, you check out the scripture. Go, go back to the scripture and look at how God would allow certain things to happen to a person physically. In order to prove how great he is. In order to show folks that he is a healer who don't believe in his healing power. The God of the unseen uses you who are seen to show forth his purpose. I'm in mean, this louder clause now. I done took a, sh- a whole shift on you. It's the same. It's the same passage, but notice again this this latter part. Cause some of you are looking at me. Look at this louder part of Hebrews eleven and three. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which are what visible. God is allowing this to happen. Paul, God told Paul on one occasion when when a, when a snake bit him. He, he, he said, uh, he let Paul know, he said, look, it ain't going to kill you because I need you to go and stand before other people. And, and when folks seen him shake it off in the fire, they sat back and just waited for him to die. Looking, looking at the scenes. Yeah, you know, this, this, this snake right here will kill folk. So they just waiting to see Paul die. But they kept waiting and waiting and waiting and didn't see didn't see death they didn't see it why because the unseen was in charge the unseen was in charge you got the house despite your credit which could be seen why the unseen was in charge You came out of what they said you would never come out of. Why? The unseen was in charge. I don't know why I'm doing this. I do because the unseen is in charge. The things that are visible are made by the unseen. And don't Genesis 1 prove that? When God in the first chapter Start saying, let there be, and everything the unseen God said, let there be. It came into being. Your unseen God is in charge, and he'll manifest his will in the visible. Let there be light. light. Who calls that to come up there? The unseen God. You have to look at your life as God being so in charge to where you never allow the tangible to define to you what's going on unless God tells you to. God has to always be first. Jesus was known for that. Jesus showed up, and I've told you this story, no no telling how many times, but you, you remember when Jesus showed up and, and the people had been looking and paying attention to the girl. And, some, and, and finally they said she dead. And no doubt when they said she was dead, they probably went in there and tried to feel for a pulse. Some probably put their ear down to see if she was still breathing. And then some probably got in her chest and said, let me see if I hear a heartbeat. Jesus ain't looked at the girl. Ain't trying to take no pulse. He just showed up because and said what the unseen God told him to say. She ain't dead. She just sleeping. They laughed at him. Why? Because of what they saw. But look at at what prevailed. The unseen. The unseen. Now this is the thing. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, you can look at your life, child of God, and you can see some, some visible moments that were changed for the better by the unseen. Look at your life and talk about moments that were changed because of what you do not see. They gave you all kinds of medicine, some of it even made you worse. But in that moment, what caused you to be better? You tried your best to find a job. You did everything that they told you to do. And it still didn't work out for you. But then, what in the world caused all of it to come together? Was it your resume? Well, you had been used. It. it didn't work. It was the unseen. But see, when you don't have that understanding locked in your being... You'll get to looking at things like a sinner. And you'll miss it. As reading this passage is so important. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. So that things which are seen were not made by things that are visible. Say to your neighbor, I do believe that the visible was made by the unseen. And ask him or her, do you? I'm going to stop right there.